tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to The Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 95. Don't you love it when God immediately knits your heart with someone? When you start talking and you realize, oh my word, they're a like-minded, like-hearted friend who loves Jesus, but doesn't pretend that they don't struggle. (laughs) Well, I just loved my conversation with Amy Seifer. We talked about everything from transition parenting to drawing close to Jesus to giving our anxiety to God. I really, really believe God's going to use this episode to help set some people free. But best of all, this episode is going to give you some practical tools for connecting to God on a deeper, sweeter, more honest level than maybe you've ever met with Him before. Well, I'm not sure where I came across Amy Seifert. I think it was on Instagram, but I was immediately captured with just the beauty of her countenance and how she wears Jesus so well. And I am so honored to have you in the living room. Welcome, my new friend. Oh, I'm so honored too. I just, I'm going to just say that like, I came across you 20 years ago when, when your, your book having a Mary Hart in a Martha world was so like water to my soul. And so I feel, Mm. I feel so honored that we are connecting face to face and the different ways that God spoke through you to me as I was a young wife and very busy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, you know, what's so interesting. I wrote that book at 36 years of age. So I was in the middle of, uh, you know, motherhood of, you know, young kids and trying to figure this out. And I've always, I've always been a fellow struggler. Like I, (laughs) I am not the woman with the answers. I'm the woman who really needs Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm always like, oh, I teach what I need to learn. That's what we're doing here. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, that has been become so reassuring to me because as a girl, good girl wanting to do it perfect. Yes. I always thought I, you know, I had to have all the answers. And if I didn't have all the answers, then I really had no right to share. And yet it's been just letting God get his hands on me. Mm. That's been the message. And I kind of sense that's a little bit of your story as well. Will you just kind (laughs) of tell us about your journey with Jesus? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's all there. Um, yeah, so I um, I grew up in a Catholic background, and I always say I feel like I was the answered prayer of my grandmother. She um, she had lots of grandkids, and she prayed for them all, and she was my confirmation sponsor um, in the eighth grade. Um, but then I, I I I so I had pieces of the gospel growing up, different pieces, and I always saw Jesus on the cross being like crucified in the church. And I always wondered why, why death? Like why, what happened, what, ha- what happened there? And when I went to young life camp with a friend my, when I was 15 and they slowly put the pieces of the gospel together. And I realized for the first time, like the, the cost of my sin is death and separation from God. That's mm-hmm. what Jesus was doing on the cross. It just clicked. And I was like, wow. oh my gosh. So like all these pieces just finally made sense. Um, and I remember being at Lake Saranac in New York. I'm from Ohio, but that's where we went for Young Life Camp and sitting outside under the stars and asking Jesus 
to take my sin and to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I will not forget feeling like about 50 pounds of weight just lifted off my shoulders by the lake. And there was like freedom and clarity and hope. Um, yeah, I was hooked. Jesus, Jesus hooked <laughs> me <laughs> when I was 15. And yeah, just got involved with my youth group and then with crew, a campus ministry in college and came on staff. I mean, I just wanted more of the Bible and then I wanted to teach the Bible. And I just, I've been all in <laughs> since. Mm. With, with mountains and valleys for sure along the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's kind of, you know, my story was meeting Jesus as, at four or five, but it was as a young teenager where he said, you know what? I know I got your heart, but I want all of you. Mm. I want I want all of you. And so that was my going all in moment that transformed everything. And I, I just wonder sometimes, I wonder if that's not just a little piece of what a lot of Christians are missing. They've got heaven one day. You know, they 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 they've given Jesus their heart, but they still feel like they have to control the rest. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm with you for sure. That surrender, that acceptance and surrender is just a huge process for me, a daily process of letting go. Yeah. 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 And it, 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 you know, I, for me, it was like, there was that big one time to surrender, but then there's those daily, yes. those daily surrenders, that daily challenge. Am I going to do it my way or am I going to do it God's way? <laughs> All the time, which honestly is where I feel a lot of anxiety comes from, where I feel divided, like my feet are mm -hmm. in, in one space, but my mind is somewhere else. Like I even love the definition of anxiety in the Bible, which is to be torn or to be mm -hmm. pulled apart in two different places. Like I'm in one spot, but my mind is somewhere else. And how do I let go of what I'm trying to control over there and give that to Jesus and stay where my feet are and do the good works he has in front of me to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's drill down on that because, <laughs> you know, it's so funny, just a Sunday morning, yesterday, I'm a pastor's wife. And so I'm in ministry, you're a teaching pastor. And, mm -hmm. um, and I woke up and there was just anxiety. And I'm like, what is that even about? Like, I couldn't even put my finger on it. And just even going, Lord, I just invite you to that place because I don't, I don't know how to fix it. But how is, how is that? bringing those those two competing ideas or those two truths together to find that peace that we're promised in his word. How's that worked for you? Yeah, I love that. I love that you're like, I don't even, I don't even know what it is, but I just like invite you here. That's so beautiful. Um, I know for me, journaling out as many feeling words as I can, like God, I feel and just sometimes I even Google like feelings wheel, feelings were like, what, what's there? <laughs> and then trying to dig under that, like, why am I afraid? Am I afraid of rejection? Am I afraid of being unwanted? Am I afraid of failure? Like, what is this? Uh, or am I afraid of my kid being, being gone on a Friday night? And I have no idea what kind of choices they're making. And I'm here in my living room and, and that I feel torn, like it feels shredded in that way, you know? Um, so try, trying to name it is really helpful. And when I can name it, then I can think for me, 
is this in my circle of control or not? (laughs) Yeah. You know, is this something I can say or do or put effort in or can I not control my kid on a Friday night and the choices he's making or the people that he's running into or what this looks like? And if it's outside of my circle of control, then I have got to practice praying. God, I surrender. I I literally store, like when Jesus says, like, store your treasure in heaven where moth and rust don't, like, can't destroy it. Like, I'm going to give you my treasure. Mm. I'm going to store it in your hands. I'm going to try to count on your peace that literally binds up that that has been separated. (laughs) I love that. I love that. You know, I, I think transition parenting is one of the biggest challenges as women. Oh. I mean, because we had we had a semblance of control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was illusion, an illusion of control. It was <laughs> a delusion. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> you know, now as as a parent of two adults, um, you oh. know, and then my youngest just turned 20 on Saturday, oh which officially makes me super old. <laughs> And <laughs> you're so young. Oh, <laughs> I, I, you know, and I'm like, Lord, I, I've, I've had to learn how to navigate that because it is super scary. Oh, it's super scary because we've invested so much time in these little people. And what if they don't do the right thing? And what if they make mistakes? And so discern. Okay. Tell me, what do you do? What do you, how do you do this <laughs> when they're not under your roof anymore? Yeah. And you're like, well, I did what I could. I don't know. That's exactly it. Well, and it really has become a a lot of that to where I've had to say, you know what, Lord, first of all, coming back to that time when we dedicated to those Mm. children to him in the first place, right? Yes. And it's like you, you entrusted them to me, but then I gave them back to you. But Lord, somehow I I keep taking back (laughs) that idea that it's all up to me. And I think that that's one of the, I mean, really, if you strip away a lot of our anxiety, isn't that at the root of it? Absolutely. Oh dear, I've got to do something. This is up to me to fix or figure out. Mm -hmm. And then when we can't fix or figure out, then we freak out. Yes. You know? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So there, it has been honestly an ongoing surrender Mm. where I've just got to bring my back, myself back to center and say, oh wait, Holy Spirit, you're at work in their life mm. just as much as you're at work in mine. And I trust, I trust you and I release you to have your way. Yes. And and I think for me, that's been the hugest thing is I've got to trust the Holy Spirit. Oh, I love you saying that because the Spirit is with them. I'm not. Yeah. Right? He's... He's mm-hmm. inside of them. He can speak to them. Like he can do things. I cannot. I'm not. Exactly. With them. Well, and the problem is when I insert myself as their personal Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's a mess. <laughs> no, right? So conviction comes through the filter of my flesh, which turns it into condemnation. Yes. Which or they criticism, right? Yes. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, the Lord just really kind of put his finger on my heart and said, do you do you really want them to be listening to, for your voice oh, or to mine? Or mine, or mine. Yeah. Because honestly, if I'm constantly the voice in their ear, and I have to be careful with 
Josh because, um, you know, he's got some delays and he's got some things and I keep wanting to insert myself because I'm a little afraid. I don't know what his adulthood is going to look like. And, and so, you know, I'm, here's what I think I'm learning about a parenting adult kids. And I would say this is for teenagers. We need to do a lot more of it on our knees than with our mouth. Oh, so good. That'll preach. And so hard. Parenting on our knees. Amen. It is so hard. (laughs) Yes. I would much rather parent with my voice and my control and my my hands. Absolutely. We're the all-knowing ones. Exactly right. (laughs) That is so good. Yeah. So good. But but don't you think – don't you think that translates to a lot of the anxiety in our lives? Absolutely. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's parenting, future, past regret, any of it. Yeah. yeah. But I love, I want to come back to naming your feelings because I think sometimes um, that has become powerful for me. Um, just hearing the concept that if we're able to name it, we can kind of step back and be more of an observer than in a participant. Talk to me how that works in your life. Yes. Okay. So I love me a good counselor and I've been in counseling in and out of my life for a million reasons. And um, when my counselor had said, um, naming your feelings is helpful, Name naming them and not judging them, like feelings mm. aren't good or bad. They just are. Right. You know, they're good scouts. They're telling mm. us what's going on, um, but they make terrible generals, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, but na- naming is huge um, because it says, it, it says my feeling is real. Yeah. You know, once we, we, we name our babies, when they come into the world, we're like, listen, here is my baby and this is her name and she's real and we're going to foster this. But um, naming also helps me take something that feels um, really just uh, abstract and brings it to concrete. Um, And when I can name it, then I feel like I can easily take that to the Lord. Like, yeah, this is the, you know, but if it's so abstract, I just feel like I'm swimming. That's why even like how you said, I don't even know what this is, but I invite you here. And I'm sure the spirit can start to show us and name it Mm -hmm. for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think sometimes as Christians, we we try to push down the feelings. We're like, well, I shouldn't feel like this. Yes. Because we've called a feeling good or bad, right? So we think right. that this is a bad feeling versus like, no, let's name it and it's it's fine. It's what mm-hmm. I, I welcome this feeling. Like you're welcome to be here and let's talk right. what's underneath that. Yes. I think we do want to squelch. Right. And it becomes this doorway to relationship with the Lord, right? Because I love what David says, pour out your hearts, yes. oh people. Yes. Like, why do we think it's get your act together, oh people? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Psalm 62, 8. I actually just was teaching on that. Like, pour it out before me. Like, yeah. tell me all the things. Yes. I love that. Don't bottle it up. In fact, one of your recent Instagram posts that I loved was some journaling prompts. And I'd love to have you talk about it because I think this is going to really help a lot for us because I don't know about you, but I keep it circling. It's so interior, 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 that until I get it out before the Lord, like lay it out, then I can't really deal with it. It just continues to be inner turmoil. 
Yes, I am with you. Yeah, there's four prompts. So I I worked with um, college men and women, fraternity and sorority men and women for years on campus. And um, a lot of women would look at me and say like, I don't, when I read God's word, I feel like I'm not connecting. Like, how do you connect with God? Like, what does this look like? And I would encourage the Psalms and and then I just found myself repeating these same four journal prompts, which is, God, I feel, and so naming as many feelings as mm-hmm, you can, you know, mm-hmm. and then God, I need. And I think for yeah. women specifically, I think it's hard for us to say what we need. Hmm. I think we're used to putting that on the back burner or kind of skirting around that issue. But to really say, no, I I need to be known here, or I need a good friend here, or I feel like I need a good cry, or I need peace. You know, like, what is it? And be honest, you know, God knows. So God, I feel, God, I need. um, And then this is where, you know, that's kind of the top half. And then the second half of your page could be, but God, you are. And so that's where you can kind of pivot to his character Mm -hmm. and just name, like, name what you know. And maybe if you're forgetting Again, go to the Psalms. His character is all over the place. Um, and you can start to really explore that. And that's a perspective shift. And then yes. God, thank you, um, which is huge. I think the thank you is huge because I think gratitude can always shift um, mm. our perspective, you know. And even if yes. it's, you know, God, thank you that I'm – breathing right now, (laughs) you know, like even if it's the most basic (laughs) gratitude that you can get, um, I think that really helps us. So that's a really great, um, practice for me. I love that. And I will, I, I want to just kind of drill down on the order of those prompts because, you know, sometimes the good Christian thing is, that you praise him first yeah. and you tell him who he is first. And I've really found in my own, cause I journal my journey with the Lord. That's yeah. really made my walk come alive with him that I really, especially now there are days where I'm ready. I'm ready just to go to who he is. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. But there are days where all of the emotions and all of the needs are so big yes. that I can go through the motions of gratitude. I can go through the motions of telling him who he is, but I really need to get it out before I can really look up. And so I love that order. I don't know why we sort of spiritualized it. Like you can't come to God unless- With your mess, right? Like (laughs) just come with the mess first. You'll get, you'll drill down. Yes. I love that (laughs) distinction. You're right. So often it's like come in a door, but sometimes you can't even get there because you're like, I have every matter of feeling in front of me right now Mm. and I need to help. I need help sorting through this. Exactly. Well, and for me, what that does is it almost readies my heart for a conversation with him. Because then when I go to the word, so often he'll meet me there Yes, or in a devotional or in the book that I'm, or Bible study that I'm working through. But because I got honest first, yes, then I can put, I can tie it together. Oh, I love that. I think that's beautiful. And I hope people listening can feel really free about that. Like being honest Mm. first, um, there's no shame there. I mean, who are we kidding? He knows. He knows already. Um, But he comes with open arms filled with compassion running toward us, like the description of the father in Luke 15, running toward the prodigal son. Like he has a compassionate posture toward us, even in all of our, in our mess and our feelings and our pain. 
Yeah. And I would add, especially in our mess and our pain, you know? Yes. I, I think sometimes we forget he's close to the broken heart and the contrite and brokenhearted. Yes. I keep thinking, or I, I operated from the idea, he's close to the really holy yeah. and have it together. Yes. And it says, no, it's the broken. It's like when we get honest about our brokenness, when we get honest about our sorrow over my sin, mm. you know, that's been really revolutionary for me is to go, I can even be honest, like, oh my Lord, that was such a wrong attitude. Yeah. The Lord just did it this week, you know, where he put <laughs> his finger on something. And I'm like, and what used to undo me, like that would be, that would just, uh, just throw my little good girl into a tizzy mm-hmm. perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's like, there's this beautiful ability to third person my sin and step back and see what he sees and call it what he calls it and say, I don't want that anymore and tap into his grace to change rather than my good girl ability to somehow put together enough works to pretend that I solved that issue. Yes. I love that to third person it and be able to see, take a step back. I am not this and I don't have to fix it. Jesus already did, right? Like I can. Right. You paid for that. Yeah. Why that I don't like appropriate what he did, I, and this is another thing that's like revolutionizing me currently is I've really been trying to live into Galatians 1, 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That's, I I don't, oh, like, I don't know that I fully under, I knew the verse. I had the verse memorized, mm-hmm. but I'm still trying to live into that reality that it's not, um, I have been crucified with Christ and now I've got to put to death and I got to, I got to crucify. I got to pick. It's like, no. And this is what the Lord spoke to me this week. It's like, Joanna, it's been done. It's been done. So are you going to live from the reality of what I've done? Or are you going to get so consumed by your not enoughness mm. and the places where your flesh is still way too alive? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Or, or are you going to believe that it has been accomplished. Mm-hmm. And just like, what's so funny to me is like, by we know that we're saved by faith, that there's no right. amount of good works that could ever save us, right? right? That it was his mercy. And yet for some reason, we think our transformation is up to us. Yes, that we have to live by works. Like, wait a minute. Right. No. Right. That it's a self-improvement somehow apart from him, not realizing that the same grace that saved us is the grace that changes us. Yes. Yes. Amen. I am with you. And I continually have to remember that. Like I do not live in a performative relationship with my father now. Yeah. That's not how this works. Like yeah, we live on grace. We run on it. What else is there? You know, like, but yes, I so often feel like I have to push, prove, you know, perfect my way through life, yeah. which is unsustainable. <laughs> Yeah, and and even when we do, when we do accomplish it, then pride rises up. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally. And th- yes, pride rises up. You hear, it, you feel it. You're like, oh, wait a minute, this is. And then you have to do the whole heart check again. <laughs> and if it, and if it's performance based Christianity, then we go into that cycle of bad me, terrible me. I'm such a failure. I'll never get this right. Yes, yes. And we. And again, we're pulled away from relationship with the Lord that if we would just simply bring our weaknesses to him, 
it's the it's the magnet for his grace. It's the magnet. I love it. I love Paul Tripp once said, we never graduate from grace. I thought, Mm. oh, how often I want to get up and put on my graduation hat and be like, I'm good. I got my grace, you know, diploma. Mm -hmm. And now I'll just earn my way throughout the day. No way. Like to say, I'm just as in need as I was the first day I understood who Jesus was. Like I am in need. And I don't like to admit that I am in need. I would like to, yeah. you to know that I I have many things together. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Which which in reality we're saying I want to appear as though I don't need Jesus. Yes. And I just isn't that scary? It is. And it gets me nowhere fast. <laughs> <laughs> and it just breeds all the anxiety that we're talking about. 100%. So you were talking about first of all naming it. What are some other things that have helped you in this area of anxiety. Yes. Okay. So I was sitting with my counselor and there's, there's been anxiety just sort of under my roof with my kids and different relationships. And she had said, you know what, do you have a worry time? And I said, I've never heard of a worry time. Are we allowed to have a worry time? Like I'm a Christian, like how's this work? Um, she's like, no, a set time in the day. And this was specifically with my daughter, but man, it is for me. And I do it a set time in the day where you say, you know what? I mean, that's that's the time where I would take my worries to God. And so if yeah. I start worrying about this thing throughout the day, I'll say, nope, I'm going to save that mm. for worry time. I'm not going to worry about that right now. I will have a time where I take all my worries to Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's been good even for my daughter, my, my, my middle, who will start worrying and say, you know what? Save it. And in fact, if you don't want to forget it, because I know this is important to you, this worry is important put it on a piece of paper, put it in your worry jar, and we will open that jar at seven o'clock tonight. Mm. And we will have our 10 minute worry time where we just say, love say all the things. Yes. So that's been huge. I've, I've, I've given the worry time to her, my husband. He's the, he's the guy, he's very calm. And so he can open up the jar yeah. with my daughter and they read them all. And a lot of times there's tears and there's overwhelm. She's naming them. But then my husband so sweetly holds onto them, all these pieces of paper in his hand. Mm. And he'll say, hey, Olive, let's pray. Let's pray about all of these. And I'm going to hold on to them. I'm going to keep them safe. Mm. And we're going to pray that God would give us peace and wisdom and bravery and whatever it is we need. And you just see her whole self just relax. Like there is peace because someone else is holding onto her worries. You know, like yeah. someone else is saying, I've got them. Oh, I know. Isn't that beautiful? It is so beautiful. And it just keeps reminding me of this verse, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. Yes. So that's it. And your husband is that picture. And God's not like, oh, I can't believe you're worried about that. He says, give them to me. me. I'll take care of them. Yes. Yes. Hand them to me. In fact, that word, that word cast, I actually just taught a sermon on that. That word cast is this Greek word, epiripto, which means to fling off a heavy weight as you're traveling onto like Mm. a camel or a horse, something that can take it so that you can travel lighter. Mm. And that God is that horse, that camel, that strength, and you can give it to him. And he's like, you don't need to carry this. Like you have work to do. I'll hold on to this. You can go on with what I've got for you. Right? That's it. Which brings us back. We've got to get honest. We've got to get honest. 
we've got to we've got to name the feelings. We may not be able to identify the cause, but we need to identify the feelings yes. because I don't know about you. Some it's not. <laughs> I, I've never thought of this, but I think it's true. It's not the actual situation that is so painful. It's the emotions mm. that are awakened with it. Yes, and and you know if I can bring it back and you know my new book about embracing trust the art of letting go and that idea of um i think it's the in psalms there's um i can't remember the verse maybe it's psalms 37 where it says commit your way to him and that word for commit is a picture of a camel with a heavy load in you being unfastened and it, they've gone down on their knees unfastened the load and they roll it over and wow. for me, sometimes that's been so powerful, like just to like think, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm kneeling before you and I'm committing, I'm rolling over my cares wow. onto you. Yes. Because, and I think we need to understand that if we would just take this action, we're not saying that what we're concerned about doesn't matter. Right. In fact, we're saying this is so important. I had better not carry it myself. Yes. It's too heavy. Yeah. I need you to move in this situation. And so, so how do we do those? So we know, okay, I'm naming my feelings. I'm having my worry time, which I love. I have, (laughs) I had a friend who said when I'm upset about something or worried about something, she said, I, I turn the timer on, I cry about it for five minutes and then I blow my nose and carry on. (laughs) Give it to Jesus. 100%. Give it a timer. (laughs) Like, cause we need to feel the feelings, maybe especially as women. I, I think sometimes we need to allow ourselves that, but not get caught in that spiral of it. Yes. But now how do we like, it's one thing to say, I'm casting my cares on the right, Lord. Right, right, And not how to do I pick actually do it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know what? There's, um, there's a professor and an author I love. His name is James Brian Smith. And he's, um, he's got a whole series called The Good and Beautiful Life, Good and Beautiful God, Good and Beautiful mm. Community. And he has this, this practice where um and it's journaling but he'll he'll write out the worry and then he will write what can he do about it is there anything yeah. in his agency and his power you know to do something about it you know do i need to call a doctor or call my friend do i you know whatever it is ask you know whatever and then after you write that out okay this is the thing i can do and then when you've you've run out of the things that you can do your your abilities then to say i'm going to write a prayer of, of of acceptance and surrender like god the rest mm. i give to you i have to trust that you will shepherd here that you mm. will provide <laughs> that you will move in some way and he talks about journaling that out so that you can look back and see yep. how did god answer yes where I couldn't do anything, you know, and what, and I, but I love that because it gives me the agency of like, oh yeah, there are some things I can do. Um, right. Like C.S. Lewis says, like, if you have weeds in your garden, don't just pull, like, don't pray that they'll go away, pull them up. <laughs> like, exactly. Take care of what you can take care of, but you're going to probably have to pray about the rain and the sun and the weather that you have no control about, you know, like, right. And so that helps me think well, I'm not helpless. Um, but there's a lot that I cannot control. Exactly. Exactly. And I love James one verse five. I believe it is. If you lack wisdom, 
ask God who gives generously to all. And I love this part without finding fault. Yeah. He doesn't say, well, Joanna, you didn't use the wisdom I gave you last time. So I'm not giving you anymore. Yes. Sorry. You're a mess. No, no wisdom yeah. for you. Yeah. No wisdom for you. Yeah. Yeah. And just, and then, and the, the thing I think I'm, I'm trying to learn how to do is then actually believe that he's going to give it, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because otherwise we're that double-minded man. Yes. We're tossed to and fro by the waves of sea. And that's for me has been kind of one of the challenges, especially with this whole message of trust that I've been living in is because, you know, you write a book, you and I talked about this before we went on, you write a book and then you're like, oh, crumb, I need to read it again. (laughs) This is for me. Joke's on me. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And so it is that trust and that retrusting. It's that surrender and that resurrender. It is that, Lord, what's my part and what is yours? And, um, And then doing what we can do, but then really trusting him to do the rest. I love that. Any any other little tidbits about overcoming anxiety? Yeah. I think what helps us trust him, because that's the hard part, is the, the evidence we collected in the past mm-hmm. days and times to see, mm-hmm. oh, wait, he when has he come through in a situation similar to this? Yeah. Oh, there and there. And, there, and sometimes I'll call a friend and be like, I am afraid about this. Can you help me? Like, when has he showed up in your life and mine? Yes. Somebody's like, <laughs> and that's and, so good, you know, because the, the the past faithfulness will help me trust his future promises, like his future gifts, right? Like, absolutely. So yeah, I'm I'm like, can what what evidence can I draw on? <laughs> Amen. And and that's why this knowing the word of God is so important because even the testimonies in there yes. belong to us. Yes. Right? Yes. There is a power in you were faithful. And if you're the God who never changes, yeah. ever, ever, ever changes, then what you did for them, you will do for me. But I think the thing that I have that I've got to let go of, it may not be my way. It may not be my timing. And it may not go according to my script. That's so good. And that's so hard. Because <laughs> often I, just what you said, like I want to go around maybe the cross involved in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes like the greatest good includes a cross. And yeah, I don't want to carry this cross, but I know like Christ did. He's gone through all these waves of fear and anxiety mm-hmm. so that we would know he's with us in it. But yeah, I know. I don't want it to, I don't want it to be hard. <laughs> right. Which brings us back to the mothering issue. I, I had a chance to write an article for Christian Parenting. And um, I love how God kind of surprises you when you're writing. Like, you're like, oh, that's really good. I don't know if I knew that. <laughs> I was just talking about that sometimes as mothers in our desire that our kids never feel pain, that they never go through rough stuff, we're actually doing them a disservice Yes, because we're wishing on them a life that has no need of Jesus. Mm. Right? Yes. And no character formation and yeah, all of it. And I think that's, again, why it's so important that we allow the Lord to help us step back from the weeds, step back from the swamp of of what we're going through and just see the big picture. We may not understand it all or see how it's all going to work out, yes. but know 
that just as Romans 8.28 was true for us, that he works all things together for good to those who love Christ, he's going to do the same thing for our kids. And and it may be that he even allows our kids who are, are doing the prodigal, that mm-hmm. he's going to allow them to run into some super painful stuff to bring them back to him. And can we love them enough not to ask that they be delivered from the hard stuff, but that the hard stuff would draw them to him. Because I don't know about you, Amy, but it is the hard things in my life that has been the things that has driven me to him, that have caused me to go deep, deep, deep with him, where I might have just been surface, had it all been blessings. Oh, amen. And I'm so glad you reminded us of this. Yes. Like what would I be preventing in my kids' lives if I'm trying to bubble wrap them. Like what am I keeping them from? I'm keeping them from further faith, further growth, further understanding of who God is, further all kinds of things. But yeah, I know we want to protect. I'll never forget someone said, you know, too often we want to give our kids just in, we give our kids just enough of Jesus that it keeps them from getting the real thing. Mm. It's like we inoculate them rather than letting them, like making room, making room, but also interceding. Like no one can intercede for our kids like a mama. Oh, for sure. You know, we love them. We know, we know their weak places. We know their strong places. We can pray destiny and purpose over Mm. them. Um, But it has to come from that. And that's one of the chapters in the book is that we got a mother by faith instead of fear. And we even need to pray by faith rather than fear. And so we need the Lord's help to get there because, you know, in our flesh, it's, it's freak out time. (laughs) Yes. Yes. No, I love, I just love it to mother by faith, not fear. And so often I reach for fear. Yeah. That's so good. Well, oh my goodness, Amy, I could talk to you forever. For sure. So we're going to have to follow up, especially when your new book comes out in March. Will you tell us a little bit about it? Yes. Oh my gosh, Joanna, I'm so excited. Um, it's a two book deal. So it's 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 a book and a six week Bible study that is a companion with it. So it is called Starved, um, Why We Need a Spiritual Diet Change to Move Us Out of mm. Anxious, Overwhelmed, and Tired to Fulfilled, Whole, and Free. Um, so it's, it's based on my son was diagnosed with Crohn's disease four years ago, and mm. he was eating, but he was starving. And Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And just the spiritual parallels. I mean, we are consuming, we are taking in, but we're starving and we, we need, mm-hmm. we flipped the pantry. He's been in remission for four years because we did a complete diet change. And I think we are in a season in this cultural moment where we need a spiritual diet change. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's a lot of what we're talking about, <laughs> yeah, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, I know that there are some people listening today that say, I I hear what you're saying, but they are so locked down in anxiety and mm-hmm. fear. And and they might even say, I've, I'm doing everything you're saying, but I, I am not experiencing any relief. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would just say to those, we, I think Amy and I could both be honest and say, we've been there. Yes. And we've felt that. We've felt that. But I believe that God, even I just have sensed his presence, 
that even during this conversation, he wants to, he wants to intersect each heart and mind with his grace. Would you pray over us today? Absolutely. God, thank you for this beautiful moment today. Um, and God, we are, we are in need of your grace, your gifts, um, raining down on us, giving us what we don't deserve. We're in need of a connection mm -hmm. with you, God, a real and true connection where we can sit and feel your love and experience your hope and your freedom. And where we feel like we are dry, we are thirsty, mm -hmm. we're starving. God, would you feed us? Would you nourish us? Would you yeah. show up through a friend, through your word, through worship, through nature? Would you would you show up and would we have eyes to see where you mm -hmm. have been good today? Would we, would we, would we look for your grace because it's around every bend? Would you give yeah. us eyes to see God? We, we honor you. We worship you. We call you good. Um, and we ask that you would increase our mustard size faith. God, we, yeah. love, we love you. <laughs> Amen. Don't you love Amy's heart? If you don't follow this woman on Instagram, I'm telling you, you got to check her out. I'll put links in the show notes along with a place to learn more about her upcoming book. And I'm also going to include the journaling prompts that she shared at the start of the episode. God, I feel. God, I need. God, you are. God, thank you. Honestly, you guys, I believe that these prompts could change everything in your relationship with the Lord. I know getting honest with God in my journal really has for me. If you've got a friend who's struggling with anxiety or maybe trying to figure out how to parent teens or young adults, I hope you'll share this episode. And if you've been blessed by the Living Room Podcast, I would so appreciate you taking time to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to the show. Because as you leave those kind of ratings, well, it helps get these powerful episodes out in front of new people. And oh my goodness, it would mean so much to me. So until next time, sweet friend, keep casting your cares on Jesus, because as you do, he'll not only set you free from that crippling anxiety, he'll help you live and love and lead like him.